0: Lord Jesus, I will ponder now, in this 50th holy week of my life, on your holy passion. And my soul, like yours, is troubled. Of all that you've taught me, by word or experience, nothing has shaped me more than the story of your passion. It has brought me this far, and it shows me what lies ahead. Upon your cross extended, I see my life suspended. Mine the transgression, but yours the deadly pain. Where you were laid, my bed must be made. Nowhere are you more clearly, Emmanuel. Then here, in your passion, upon your cross, a well of life beneath in which we may see the face of heaven above, and the only mirror wherein all things appear in their proper colors, that is, sprinkled in your most precious blood. But your cross is the climax, it is not the beginning of this story, and pondering is like savoring. It cannot be done quickly. I regret, no, I grieve, that I have forgotten how to really hear this story. Years of study and reflection on it have brought insight, but I envy the child I once was, who sat completely enthralled as the story was told." Yet even now, I marvel at the washing of feet, the breaking of bread, at the cup you offer, at the cup you drink, at the forsakenness that reconciles, at the death that is death's death. Why then should my soul be troubled? Why, after all these years, should there still be verses I will not parse, a theme I will not trace, a face into which I dare not look? Why do I still think I can get away with saying about him it's best to remain silent? How is it that even your death for me fails to give me the courage to ponder that one? Why? Am I so afraid? And I don't know what else to call it. There is a kind of terror evoked just by the mention of his name. I have learned how to stand at the foot of your cross, to meditate upon your suffering, your death, to find in it consolation and peace. But from his death I turn away in horror. Why, Lord, you know, and I think I am at last beginning to see, Judas. It's not even a name, it's an accusation, it's a verdict. Named for the child of promise, he ends up the son of perdition. But not even all the abuse heaped upon his name in the centuries from then until now can come close to what you said about him. It would have been better for him if he had not been born. I cannot, I do not want to understand those words. But it troubles my soul that you said them. And if you could speak that way about him, could you? Would you ever speak that way about me? Don't make me look at him, Lord. It would be better not to know. It would be better never to look than to look there and see me. Let's just look at John again this year, okay? I like John, and I know you like him too. I'm more than content to ponder him again. I would love to see myself there at the table in your embrace, hearing you assure me that I'm not the one. I would love to see myself there at the foot of your cross, faithful and adoring. I would love to hear you entrust your mother to my care, to hear you refer to me as your mother's son. It may be the 50th time, but I'm still not tired of hearing about the disciple you loved. Isn't that enough? Okay, then. We can do Peter. It's not nearly as comforting, but I'll admit the similarities are striking. A self-styled leader blinded by his own bravado. He's tasted the bitterness of his own tears. But all the while, he's held in the grip of your love. No one's going to snatch him. And you prayed for him. And he repents. And he's restored. He serves you and he feeds your sheep. And one day, in the boldness of your spirit... He does what he so rashly and so mistakenly promised to do in his own pitiful courage. Yes, there is much I have yet to learn from Peter. If I am to pause here and ponder, if I am to make my way slowly to your cross, let me walk with Peter. No, then I plead with you. I'll even settle for Thomas, a doubter that practically makes him the patron saint of academics. He knew how to ask good questions, and we always want to ask why Thomas wasn't there that first Easter evening when you appeared to the others. But we should be asking why the others were all there. They were there because they were afraid to leave the room. Maybe Thomas wasn't so bad after all. And he did finally see. And he did finally believe. And he makes the greatest confession of faith in you that's recorded anywhere in the scriptures. Maybe he'll never be anybody's hero. But I don't mind. A closer look at Thomas on the way to the cross can only do me good. But not him. Not him. Why? What's the point? What good can possibly come from it? He holds my treasury in his hands too, and he will rob me of everything. Everything I hold dear. Everything I trust in. Everything that gives me a sense of security and rightness about my life, about who I am. What do I mean? I mean that I take great comfort in the fact that you called me, but you called him too. When I recall all the time that you've invested in me, all that I have learned from you, I know that I can't be all wrong. But you taught him too. I treasure the fact that you welcome me to your table, that you have made a place for me there among the faithful, that you feed me with the choicest morsel. But you welcomed him too. One after another, he strips away from me every defense, every argument that I am not like him, have never been like him, could never be like him and I will not stand for it. Surely, you are not suggesting that there is any similarity at all between his schemes and my perceptive but undervalued thoughts on how to save your church. Lord, it seems sacrilegious even to ask the question of whether his selling of information about you can be compared with the times in my life When I have traded on your name to gain position, respect, livelihood. Me, the willing instrument of Satan? Lord, I confess that I have sinned, but surely nothing I have done approaches the historic, even the cosmic magnitude of his sin. He failed you in every possible way. And he not only failed you, turned his back on you, sold you out. He failed everyone. You and his friends, his people, the whole people of God. My failures, even in my service to you, aren't that bad, are they? Why are you doing this to me? Why strip me bare? Why take everything? Can't you leave me one, just one redeeming feature as I stand beneath your cross? Lord, my soul is troubled. I am afraid. Judas comes closer than anyone else in the story to saving himself, but the way of Judas leads only to death. I cannot make for myself a happy ending here. But you spoke truly. Better never to have been born than to have been born only once. You have given me a new birth that leads to life, not to death. You call me and make me your own. You welcome me to your table and you see me well fed. Now, lead me to your cross once again. Change the ending of my story. Do for me what I cannot do for myself. Lord, save me.